From multiple snow-covered locations in Minneapolis or near enough, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns-Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, the tradition continues as your nice host and me, Dale, talk about what we did on our winter break. And so if everyone is ready, let's start. Okay, first thing, first thing. Steven, you tell us about this chair you're sitting in. Oh. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to be like, "Hi listeners, it's been a while." Let's we need we to, we need to cut right to the important bits. They trust us. Oh, let's, okay, let's, fine. Of Steven's butt. Normally, when I'm sitting at my desk, I sit in a IKEA chair that is relatively comfy. It's not like super comfy. I, I actually been thinking about getting a new chair, but I sit, I, I, I sit in that, but it like squeaks and stuff and I can move around in it and things. Um, when we record episodes like professionally, not like how we've been doing during the hiatus, mm-hmm. I sit in a, um, this is also an Ikea chair that is <laughs> professional. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is another Ikea chair that does not roll around. It's just a pretty, it's a static chair. Yeah. Um, and I guess everybody else has a problem with that for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Because it's not as comfortable, right? Well, I mean, no, it's not as comfortable. But there's a, I think a little bit of the benefit of that is that, like, I feel like I'm more at attention because, like, I can't lean back in this thing. And yeah. I can't get in a lazy position. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's all for our listeners. This is why I'm doing it. <laughs> doing it for y'all. He's suffering for you. Yeah. yeah. For you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hello, everyone. Welcome back. To nice games club uh <laughs> the content you've been waiting for weeks for uh-huh yep this is this is it this is the good stuff uh where is <laughs> where is steven putting his bottom <laughs> it's important uh, it's important that we establish that even though it's been 10 weeks and like there's a lot riding on this first episode back that we're still we still traffic in nonsense, and that's important for listeners yes. to know. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've been off for ten weeks. We've been running reruns, yeah. and there's been some new content at the top of those episodes. So we maintain our streak of new content every week for the past four plus mm-hmm. years, and that's great. But we had a really good reason to take an extra time off this year, whereas we normally have taken eight weeks in previous years uh, to um, to work on a project or so on. And um, the first year we did it, uh, it was to work on Widget Satchel or to work a little bit like a sprint on Widget Satchel. That was the point of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the second year, it was to work on the website for Nice Games Club and relaunch it, the new database-driven structure, which we've been working on updating even further throughout 2020. And this year, it's now become a tradition where it was sort of accidentally became a thing where we work on a project together during this time. And so we went into it with a little more intention this time. And we, um, as you've no doubt heard at the top of all of our uh, nice replays, uh, we worked on Roboston, our board game that originated from a nice games jam. And so we're going to talk about it in this episode um, in our uh, now annual tradition of what we did on our winter break. But first, it's been a long time, but let's have, you know, personal news, meta, what's going on? Yeah. Mark, this was not the only game we've been working on. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, uh, there's a game I've been working on as a contractor, um, a game called Closed Hands. I believe I have mentioned it maybe once or twice on the show. 
Um, I did programming and I did some art and animation for it. It's a, a narrative game um, and it was arts funded by the British government. Um, cool. It's directed by a guy named Dan Het. Um, and it's a, a narrative that depicts a, a fictional terrorist attack in a in a um, um, an English town, and you follow the narrative of six different characters surrounding the event, but none of them are directly involved. And so it, mm. it examines the sort of like cultural impact, and it's based on um, uh, you know uh, some real world events um, in the past decade um, uh, in England that uh, that Dan has been around. Um, he had some uh, some uh, personal tragedy um uh, related to these topics and um it's a really interesting nuanced discussion of like the cultural impact about these things about you know about um you know prejudice racism you know uh, government media it's all really interesting and it's told from just the perspective of six people caught up in it um really really fascinating stuff and i helped you know polish up the structure of the application and uh, you know dan is a programmer but he wanted to bring somebody on so he could focus on the story and so it was really really valuable to be that person for him um, and that game is out now and it's available for free. It's on itch. Um, and I'm, I'll be a little vague on the details because where I'm sitting, where we're recording, it has not yet released, but we'll have a link in the show notes, uh, for you to check that out. But that has been really satisfying, uh, to work on, um, over the past few months and my work on it just wrapped up and <laughs> there's a couple more, it's, it'll be out in a week or so, but I can, I'm, I'm in the slack and everybody's still kind of scrambling. Um, and I really wish I could mm-hmm. like, oh, let me step in but there was only so much arts funding. So <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, the other thing about that is we on IGDA playtest that we also host mm-hmm. uh, playtested that game. So we did. if you wanted to take a preview, you can watch Lane play that game. Um, and we'll also link that in the notes. Yeah. Steven, you work on games at your day job. I I do. Yes. I think we, we, don't we all work on games on their day job? Is that right? I don't. <laughs> kind of sort of. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I've been working on that uh, the past month. I've been kind of crunching on to get like bugs fixed for this horse racing game that we've been trying to release. Oh. I think <laughs> you know we you no know, we do have horse sounds in the game. <laughs> it's been so long since I implemented them that I didn't remember. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and so like we've been working on that, and it's uh, been, I think it's finally it's QA it's QA tested, so it's ready to go. It's just I think just, somebody just needs to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it'll all be on like our we have like our own whole uh, our own um, mobile app. You have like a platform for, for these games, right? Yeah, 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 it's like Google Play, but just for our games, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, that'll be coming out. I don't know when. It's up to the higher ups to determine when that is. <laughs> um, so I won't be able to give you that information, but l- I'll look for it. I guess I'll I'll probably announce it um, in a future episode. Yeah, when that is, and then you can try it. Um, I've talked about this on the show, and I haven't been very um, positive, I guess, about it. <laughs> so I don't know if <laughs> listeners are looking forward to playing this game or yeah. not, but. Well, there's definitely there, it's free, so there's like a separation between like satisfaction in the work you do and then actual like this sort of artistic value of the work that you're putting out in the world, right? Like those yeah. can be tied together, they don't have to be. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you get some professional satisfaction, even if maybe it's not like your favorite project. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that it's out there and it's something that like people can play. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it, yeah, it, it's not like. I don't think it's definitely not my I don't think it's my best work, but like that doesn't mean that it's not worth playing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like even while we were playtesting it and we were like in the weeds, I was spending 14 hour a day trying to get this bug fixed or whatever. I would play test it with my supervisor and he was like, wow, that was really cool. It like zooms in when there's a close race. And he's like, yeah. Uh, so like <laughs> there's still there's enjoyment to be had, yeah. which, is, which is neat. Uh, yeah. So I've been doing that and then I'm still working on Rhythm Rumble. Um, I guess work That's has good. been. Yeah, yeah. Work has been a, a bit. It took it's taking longer to get the game out because, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but also we hired an animator. Um, and so he's been redoing a lot of the animations and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. it probably, it takes him longer to do the animations than it did the, the artists who were doing it before. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine. I, I think it, it, you know, uh, well, it's more ambitious but, now, right? Yeah. You've stepped yeah. up what the game demands of that stuff, right? Yeah. 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 And it's been, it's been kind of nice. Cause like I'm adding in, um, features, like I'm thinking about like things I can add to make the game better and stuff. I, I just recently added in a training mode and I want to mm. add in more features to this training mode. So like you can control the AI, like, and you can record the AI doing action. So like you can, you as the player could fight against an AI who would do this thing and then like see an optimal reaction strategies and stuff to whatever uh, the AI um, is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that all that stuff will be good and valuable. Like the game, like Rhythm Rumble is not a super deep game, I think. Mm-hmm. But that's intentional, and, and that's I, I wanted it that way because I wanted it to be yeah. a super game for people to get into and like. Um, it's, it's a gateway into, fighting like, game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and It'll so, like, yeah, yeah, and like, but I, I still want to have all those features and things in there because, like, uh, I think that'll still be valuable for people who want to, you know, bring more depth um, and understand the features better and things. Yeah. Um, if there's somewhere that they can do that, then I think it'll be valuable for them. And then, you know, they'll get more game out of it too, which is, which I think will be very valuable for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, still trucking along on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you did. I yeah. mean, before the pandemic, you, you did a couple of play tests, public play tests, I mean, semi-public anyway. And so a lot of us mm-hmm. got to take a look at it, but it's been, you've been off working on it for quite a while. And so I'm pretty, yeah. I won't grill you on it now, but I'm actually really interested to see when is it going to have its sort of next showing, you know, um, uh, just to get another peek at it and, and get, I know you've been wanting to do more play tests. Um, yes, that is yet again, another thing I don't, <laughs> I cannot <laughs> determine because it's not up to me, uh, but I have been asking my boss, yeah. um, you know, saying we, we should get it. Cause like, I think that's something we had an issue with the treasure stack is that like we didn't show it off enough and get enough feedback for people. And so like it was missing out on, core features that it probably should have had beforehand and we didn't have a good enough understanding of what yeah yeah um people would you know we're, we're looking for for that kind of game so mm-hmm. um i i would not want to make the same mistake with rhythm rumble mm-hmm. um, and i think my, and my boss is on board with that too i think he's probably been tied up trying to get this mobile app thing yeah um, released so i can't fault him on that mm-hmm. um but yeah you know it's we are working on a um uh I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but it's fine. And we're working on a trailer for Rhythm Rumble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, that'll be cool. cool. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> I would never have guessed. And so, yeah, well, yeah, I don't I, I never know what I'm supposed to be able to say. I kind of just tell I just say because I don't expect <laughs> my boss to hear what is going on in the, <laughs> in the shows. Um, <laughs> I hope I'm not fired now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we'll have a trailer out, and when that when that happens, I'll probably talk about it and like I'll post the link in the show notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, you guys have been doing some cool stuff. 
in addition to the cool stuff that I know about. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Ellen, you've been working on some interesting stuff too, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the meat of the show. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I did something that players often do in video games, which is crash a car. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't run it into a ditch. because You I didn't knew- crash the car. A, a car crashed into us. <laughs> that is different. So th- yeah, there's... I let's let's wait till next episode to talk about that. Uh, Dale and I, Dale and I got in a car crash on Christmas Eve, and it's an interesting story. But I think it's, it's not that interesting. It's sort of interesting. Anyway, um, but let's, let's <laughs> everyone's fine. <laughs> everyone's, yes, everyone's, everyone's fine. fine. Our beloved uh, green Prius is no more, and I have big thoughts on that. Um, but let's do a little bit of a, a quick pandemic check in uh, before we get into Roboston. And just talk about like how, just a real quick one, how we doing, how's isolation treating us in these moments uh, through the holidays and all of that. I, I'll start off with just a little bit of news uh, that'll be probably outdated by the time you hear this, but um, just to, where we're sitting, the third vaccine, um, I say the third, but there's more than three out there in the world. But in the US, the Johnson & Johnson designed single shot vaccine was just approved by the FDA for emergency use authorization. So that's going to start going out. And that gives a lot of hope towards actually getting enough doses to um, vaccinate the most of the populations of the summer. So that's a big deal. Um, It's not just that it's a third vaccine. It's that it physically means there will be more shots available. And that's really good. Um, And the one piece of news that makes me really, I I think not enough people hear this. So this is why I want to bring it up now. And I think it's for people who feel like we have the vaccines. We've had them for months. What, you know, when is it going to get better? Um, uh, cases have been way down. Uh, they're still above the first peak, but you know that's it, it's still positive because this fourth peak we've been going through in the U.S. has been uh, preposterous. But one interesting piece of news is that cases have been down, deaths have been down the past few weeks, but in specifically deaths in assisted living facilities, um, where the pandemic was particularly uh, rampant, have been dropping way more than people were expecting. Um, and this is a result of vaccination um, is, is, yeah. the, is the running theory. And that is extraordinarily good news um, mm-hmm. when it comes to it's like a test case for the larger population for eventual herd immunity and for the impact of these vaccines. So it's mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of positivity when the vaccines were developed, announced, approved, um, but it was all theoretical. It's like everyone says this is going to be great. We'll we'll just have to see it. And now we're seeing it. Um, mm-hmm. So that makes me pleased. It's. We're all still going to be locked up for a couple more months, if not for the rest of the year. Um, but um, there's reason to be optimistic because now the the path is getting clearer and clearer, you know. Well, and, you know, leading into the summer, um, I know we, we probably in Minnesota, we probably get this harder than many other states, although there's been some weird cold weather. So I think everyone, or at least across the U.S., can probably relate to some degree. Uh, winter is really a lot harder. <laughs> for yeah. the pandemic um, or has been than the summer and particularly in like mid-February because we had that huge cold snap yeah. and um, that it was cold across much of the central U.S. all the way down into Texas and I think you know if you've watched the news during that period you know that Texas got hit particularly hard but up in our neck of the woods um, as the saying goes it was like 20 below Yeah, you know like yeah. you can't 20 below zero and you can't do stuff outside when it's 20 below zero um, without like layers and layers of stuff. And even then, I mean, it's the kind of thing where like if you don't have your gear with you and your car breaks down, you are actually in danger. Yeah. Um. So 
the that whole the whole month kind of was written off and we spent a lot more time inside than even even I'm used to yeah. um, during winter months. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the vaccine is coming and my grandma got her first dose and Yay. my aunt got her first dose. She lives, she works in a nursing facility. Mm-hmm. And so like the residents she's been working with have been vaccinated and they're not dying at a rate of three per day. You know, like oh my good gosh. things are happening yeah. and it's almost spring. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also true. Yes. <laughs> That's where I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I've got some family and friends who have gotten vaccinated too, cause they're first responders mm-hmm. and things, um, which is nice to hear and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I, I, and, and, and it's nice that like, I mean, before, I think the last time we were talking about this, it felt like, um, I think I probably brought up that, like, it felt like, you know, this was just going to keep happening indefinitely and it didn't feel like there was an end, but it, now it feels like there's an end in sight. And even though to me, it feels like it's going to be a while, which is a little sad. Well, more than mm-hmm. a little sad. Um, it's it, it the, the fact that there is, you know, there's progress being made. Yeah, feels really good. Um, to 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 see. Um, so that that helps a lot. Yeah, with a lot of it. Um, and I've I felt I've also felt just in general. I think I've been getting a little bit more out of like doing voice calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. with people um in a way that i wasn't really getting when i was uh, when we first started the, pan- mm-hmm. the pandemic thing and maybe it's just me getting used to it or something i don't know mm-hmm. yeah but um that's been kind of neat uh well something that's changed between you and me steven is we used to exercise with together over over discord once a week and we bumped that up to two twice a week and when we did that <laughs> twice a week two days in a row boy were my legs sore <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that, <laughs> that's true <laughs> oh but yeah that was that was rough exercise it was you know good. it like, works I, I, and you're yeah, doing yeah, something well, yeah that's exactly yeah you're doing something and, and, and you you feel that and i i was telling dale before that too is that like um after our exercises like after if i feel sore afterwards i'm like oh this hurts but like i feel good about it because it means i put in some work mm-hmm. i got something out of it yeah um, so that feels good. Meanwhile, every time I yeah. load up my switch, it, it gives me that alarm that like it's time to play Ring Fit Adventure, and I'm like, I should turn that alarm off because I have not played that <laughs> in quite a while. Yeah, problem solved. Every, every Monday it, it it beeps, and I'm like, just a reminder, you know, that I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So shall we talk about the thing that we've been working on over our winter break together? Yes. Well, let me just say, it's not just your nice host. Dale has been uh, helping us a lot in a way that Mm. I don't think we were expecting at first. Um, But, um, you know, Dale has always been an important part of the show. And you just sort of, you you hopped into some of these sessions and you became a really powerful creative presence in a way that Mm -hmm. that was so good it was it was so it took a lot of weight off of our shoulders and it like it was yeah. really productive and you kept us on task when when you need you were just a big help all the way through so i think listeners should know that if you don't already or you're already a big fan of dale um it's one more reason um yeah so for all of you patreons pa- patrons uh-huh yes who listen to these <laughs> and you notice that like usually like an hour or two into the thing i just disappear or announce i'm going to take a nap and never come back <laughs> yeah you got to come and go which was which yeah was cool. that was that was nice i yeah. don't think i would have 
helped you if I couldn't come and go, yeah. if I had to make the same kind of commitments. So basically what we've been doing um, over the hiatus is we worked on Robasta and what we did with that basically is like we, we started like scheduling um, like what it is we wanted to do with Robasta and trying to figure out what the game actually was. Um, because I think, I think when we first started working on it, we thought, we thought the game was something different than, then we revisited it and we were like, oh, this game is much different from how I remembered it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it was just me who felt that way or not, but it, it went um, through a lot was, of changes over the 10 yeah, weeks yeah. as it should. It did. Which you'll yeah. remember is was um, one of Ellen's principal predictions was that this thing's going to be oh. way different when we're done with it. I, I thought about that a lot as we made big changes like hey, Ellen called it. Yeah. Love being right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, why, so while we were doing those working sessions, we also recorded ourselves, um, um, and we we've put those episodes up on our Patreon. Um, and so, if you you know are interested to hear our thought process, um, in you know live as we're working on it, um, you can you can get access to that. Um, yeah, on Patreon. It's like what we um, did ten sessions, and they were between mm-hmm. four and six hours each. So it's a ton. I don't know how. I mean, it's a lot of content. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of content. Yeah, yeah. Like I think of it as if you're going to listen to it, it's not edited. It's a great thing to have on in the background when you're working at home and you miss your cubicle and the chatter that happens around. You. Yeah, it's o- overhearing other people working while you're doing on something. You're, you know, you're playing a couple hours of No Man's Sky or some sort of idle game. It's a good, it's a good thing to throw on if you're working on something yourself, like Dale is saying. Um, yeah. I think it's useful and, you know, we, we weren't, when we were, we were working, right. We weren't trying to make episodes. So there's a, a yeah. t- there's some dead air here and there, but we did uh, a lot of dead air. That's okay. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, there wasn't actually a lot of dead air. Ultimately, there was a little, yeah. certainly way more yeah. than an episode normally, but, mm-hmm. but we, we, we kept talking, we were designing in real time. And like, there are these eureka yeah. moments that we were that it happened, and I, I, I'd like to think that it has some value. It's up on the Patreon. People who are already patrons have been listening along every week. We, we posted them minutes after we finished recording. I say minutes, but really a couple hours. And um, <laughs> 120 minutes is minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's minutes, you can <laughs> but, measure it in minutes. <laughs> but I think even, even now that is now this, it's this archive of our process. Um, I think it will be interesting to people, uh, not just to to hear us if you know if you're if you're interested in us, but also. Uh, what goes into collaboratively designing a game because it was a hundred percent design talk. Um, yeah. Other than the off topic bits. Um, we were really focused on like taking the game that you saw in our nice games jam, that first episode we did. And then the second episode we did on that and just moving into what it is now. And what it is now is um, we can, we'll talk further about it, but um, it is really, it's, it is a full complete experience. I think we got what we wanted out of it. And maybe we should go around the horn and, and talk about what we were expecting uh, to to be at the end and where we ended up. Ellen, you go first. Dang it. I was just going to say I'll go last. All right. <laughs> I'll go first. Then. Um, so and this gets to what we were uh, kind of hinting at earlier, kind of in our meta conversation. Um, you know, I was I was hoping to stick to what we had outlined at the beginning of our hiatus, which is was we were going to work every weekend, we were going to record our sessions, we were going to, you know, we had a target of how developed we wanted the game to be by the end of hiatus, but we, we weren't, you know, going to crush ourselves to get there. We were going to get as far as we could towards that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happened for me was my work kind of hit a crunch point. So we had a big alpha release. Um, gosh, early February. 
that we were working towards throughout January and the the um the course that we were releasing in alpha for also included this very complex simulation um which I had a large part in designing and so therefore I also had a large part in writing it and the writing ended up being way more effort than I thought so I ended up having way more on my plate for work than I initially anticipated you know like you do and and I had this really I felt I was very nervous about having this conversation with you guys and I shouldn't have been because you guys are awesome, but I couldn't do it all. So I had to take a step back from Boston um, and not participate in the Sunday afternoon working sessions for a few weeks, um, both in both until the, the release was done. And then also for a couple of weeks afterwards to let myself recover, mm-hmm. which initially I wasn't planning on. And Dale made me rethink that a couple of times, and I'm very glad she did because I needed that time. I don't um, remember doing that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, you did. I was like, okay, so the release is this date, and so I should be ready to go the next week. And you're like, you sure you don't want to take another week or two? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe another week. That. And you're like, or two? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that happening, yeah. Yeah, and I did. I needed that time. Mm-hmm. I needed that time. I don't, I don't think I felt like, I don't think I have felt completely recharged until this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. And I think the, um, what we didn't uh, anticipate at first was uh, w- when we've done our hiatuses in past years, we, we tended to, we would, we would still meet right to work. And when we did the website, we met every week. We were working on widgets. How we met every week to work on it. And that takes time. But I, I don't know how, how you guys feel, but I feel like this hiatus has been the most we've actually spent working. Um, than any others because the sessions have been pretty long. They're on a Sunday, which means it takes up a lot of what would otherwise be our free time. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it definitely felt more like work. So I totally understood when Ellen was like, I'm crunching during the week. I can't commit to this as much as I'd expected for those last couple of weeks. It it didn't seem like Ellen was making a big ask of us to let her step back uh, for a little while because it really was an, uh, like another work day. Like it wasn't what we kind of maybe thought it was, which was like a, an extended productive hangout. Um, it, it, it took more energy out of all of us. Um, and by the time, by the time you brought that to us, I think, it, I think Steven, you and I both felt it. We just weren't as crunched as Ellen was. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause the way things lined up. And mm-hmm. I have, I guess I have two, two more thoughts before I pass the audible baton. Um, and that is, there's a, I'll link, we'll, you know, we'll link to it in the show notes, but there's this kind of movement around um, in, in instructional design and in training circles around showing your work because the output, um, if someone's looking at the output of a work process and they haven't done that work before, they have no visibility into what it's like to actually build the thing and it, no, no way to make an emotional connection to the, you know, the, the personal experience of going through the process. And so when you're sharing your work, when you're showing it, when you're actually showing like, okay, I did this, I scribbled that out, I did that, I scribbled that out, it humanizes the work effort in a way that I think is both helpful to the person creating it and Mm -hmm. people creating it, but also to consumers or other creators because it normalizes the struggle (laughs) that happens in creative work. Um, And part of that struggle is there's like a limited amount of time that I think anyone can give to creative work in a given period. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some research around that that like pegs it around. Like you get diminishing returns after 35 hours a week or something like that. Maybe it's 32. 
And everyone's personal limit is different. Yeah. I have found that for me, I can squeeze out a max of six hours of highly creative work, whether that's design work or, you know, writing or prototyping or like group conversations where we're workshopping something. Six hours, no matter how it's divided out throughout the day, I've got six hours and then there is a hard limit and my brain just shuts off. I can't do any more. So I was hitting that limit and going over it over and over again day after day throughout that, you know, few weeks period. Um, And and I realized it. Fortunately, I realized it and had the conversation. There have been so many instances in the past where I haven't realized it. I just kept trying to work. And that's where burnout comes in. So um, I will I will credit this podcast and some of our (laughs) interviews and and things that we've been doing the last year to. some personal growth on my end, being able to, to see that happening and take the appropriate action. That's nice. Cool. And uh, so meanwhile, Stephen and I had to change our plans a little bit. And one of the things we did, and this is when we were talking with you, Ellen, at the time where you were saying you needed to step back. Um, and we did this is all on the session, too. So people can hear that conversation and and uh, and maybe even think about it as a model for having those conversations with collaborators you work with. We talked about, well, do we we started the plan was eight weeks. That's what our hiatuses are eight weeks. So we decided that like, Hey, this is, this is a change now. Let's, let's not try to stick to the original plan because the, because the situation has changed. And so we added two weeks to our schedule, uh, partly because we, we wanted to make sure that Ellen didn't feel like she had to jump right back, uh, when she gave the time that she offered. And that ended up working out for you. But also Mm -hmm. Steven and I knew we wouldn't be as productive or as organized without Ellen at our side. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it just, it, it gave us a kind of an opportunity to check in at that part of the project and say, Hey, an extra two weeks would kind of be nice. And I don't know, you know, independent of any of the other changes. Um, and so, so that's what we did then is we, we also changed our structure a little bit. Um, we added two weeks, uh, we gave ourselves a little bit of breathing room and that was really, really helpful. And so we also had to go back and decide what are, what are our two new nice plays. And so we went back and, and, and spent some time and you'll hear that in the session too of us picking two more episodes to play for uh, our listeners uh, while we're away for two more weeks and making sure that it was some value to them. I think our principal interest was our own working sanity, um, but it, we, 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 we made an effort to like, well, we have a theme going with some of these episodes we're picking. Let's expand on that. And hopefully, uh, as you listen to those nice replays, you got a little bit f- a fuller picture of the, the sort of how they go together as a package. So that was kind of nice. It was a, like a, a, an interesting way to approach it. We took it as an opportunity to to re- restructure it rather than like a, a problem we had to adapt to or something like that. Um, so I thought it was pretty useful. The other thing about it was that um, Ellen got to pop in uh, once or twice during that period and play test with us and take a look at how the game had changed. And Stephen and I are like, you know, uh, sweat down our foreheads, fingers crossed that Ellen approves. And I, I thought that went okay. Um, yeah. And so when we talk about the final game in the final form, it's very useful to have Ellen as a type of voice because you have like a playtester who knows nothing. You have someone who's a board game expert. You have Steve and I talking to each other been all the way through. And then you have Ellen who's like foundational to the structure and the theming and the, the construction of this game, but also has a little more objectivity now on some of the, the produ- uh, productivity we had in the back half. So we end up, getting some assets out of this structure um I-, I would say yeah i think that i think that i think that's very true and like um you know uh all, a lot of like a lot of the, the the work that we had done was is based off of the the 
the way that we structured our our meetings and our um, like how we were working during these meetings. And stuff. Mm-hmm. It, r- early on, we like um, created a like a working agreement, which I think was really valuable. Um, maybe we should put it. I agree in quotes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. So like, it, we basically just agreed that like this is how we were going to progress. Like we would. Uh, We'd work for a little bit, take a break um, at the end of our sessions, make sure we knew what we were going to work on for the next week and also, you know, evaluate how the working agreement is working. Like if if, if something was um, not working out or there's something that we wanted um, to be added to, to our working agreement, we would talk about it there at the end of our session. Mm-hmm. And I think that was valuable because there were a few times when we brought that up, we were like, oh, you know, having a break early on is really valuable for us to have. So like we should do we should do that again. Um, I think initially we were talking about making play testing it um, once in the beginning of our te- of our uh, sessions and once at the end. Um, yeah. And then we quickly decided that that wasn't going to work because sometimes days need to be work days and sometimes days need to be testing play yeah. testing days. And those play tests um, would take up a lot of the time that and energy that we had to offer on that one day. And so we yeah. so we decided we needed to be more week to week about when we were going to play test uh, amongst uh, the three or four of us. And then, um, you know, yeah. and, and when we were going to actually use that time instead to work and work a little blind because we didn't have a play test to offer us more information. And so we had to be a little bit more nimble. Um, but having a structure was really, really valuable and then a, and a flexible one at that. So it wasn't just all yeah. just th- block this time out and do stuff. Um, but it also wasn't like these 20 minutes do this, these 20 minutes do that. Exactly. You know, uh, exactly. Yeah. A, a scheduled. We we found a really good balance, I thought. Yeah, actually, it might be valuable for listeners to have that. Like, maybe we can link that in our in our show notes. Yeah, we should put a bunch of robust and links, uh, just materials like uh, the current rule set. And I wouldn't certainly wouldn't mind sharing our 20 pages of of running notes um, for people want to peruse (laughs) it. It's it's pretty it's chaotic in there, but people might be interested to see that it's a companion piece to the recordings and takes a lot less time to digest. But (laughs) (laughs) only 20 pages. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I mean, we compiled that twenty pages over ten weeks of work. <laughs> yeah, so it is a little easier to digest, at least even slightly. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was um, really pleased with like how we um, the that agreement thing. Like that seems like a good strategy. It's something I wish that I did more of. <laughs> now that I know that's that's the thing. Like, yeah. you, like I, I think, that, yeah, like, that's like I, um, I think it really helps because you know you decided early on there was not going to be homework which is you know something that i can see a lot of hard feelings coming out of like if mm-hmm. one person was expecting everybody to do a little homework and yeah. they're the only one who's who did it that's that's hard and a source of conflict but you know having mm-hmm. a structure and having a specific discussion covering those topics and covering how long you wanted to work on Sundays on this thing was important. And I think it was really helpful. Yeah. There were a couple of times where like, Hey, by next week, let's have this. But if we don't, yeah, no big deal. Like we made sure that, mm-hmm. and, and I will speak for myself. Like I, you know, I, we worked up a, a, a mod in tabletop simulator so we could do proper play testing. And, and I produced a lot of, of art assets for it. And a lot of that time was in between sessions. But yeah. uh, but no one asked me to do it like it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Like we were we were we we were we were able to work without that if we had to. And so when it came with like I was I my schedule, my work schedule is more flexible than either of 
of the two of you. So, um, so I would say that the no homework rule was something that I kind of knew that I would be the one to bend a little bit, but on my own accord. Um, yeah. And I think that worked well, out. Yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, you weren't the only one who opted to do homework and then no one asked them to do it. Like yeah. I, I made a, a, a survey. Um, I got yeah, a yeah, few yeah. people to do like for yes. playtesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah, rounded up some folks for a, a session. Like Ellen, at, yeah, very, yeah. at the very end, uh, we did a session yesterday with some of uh, folks that Ellen rounded up uh, at the end. And that's technically homework, too. Yeah. Um, but it was, none of that was something that we, um, and we were very specific not to ask that of each other. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we could talk about maybe, but there was never any obligation. And even when we all said like, oh, okay, we'll do it this one time. We were never expecting it to be done. Like there was no... Even when we made exceptions for ourselves, we were very careful not to have any expectations. You know, it, like you can always independently say, nah, never mind. I'm actually busy this week. I won't do that one yeah. thing that I, we talked about and I agreed to do. Like there was, yeah. the framework was al- allowed for that to, to, to go on, you know? Yeah. I, I think the phrase working agreement is maybe not the best phrase to describe what it is that mm-hmm. that that construct does because I think it comes across as a very formal thing. And I think some teams benefit from having it be very formal. Like sure. I know some of the agile teams that Eric, my husband has coached, they are very formal with their working agreement and they document it and they refer back to it and, and so on and so forth. And I think that's partially his coaching style. Um, but the way I see it, and I think the way that we approach it, it was just really an exercise that we did at the start of our, our working project time Yeah, to lay out, what we were all feeling about expectations and make sure we were on the same page so that we could have some of those, um, so we could make compromises and have conversations and do that back and forth before we were actually in the work and before we had really emotionally invested in those expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really the exercise of doing it up front that I think is the most valuable part. Um, Maybe it has a better name, like, I don't know, Working expectations. What do you want out of this exercise? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, expectation setting. Yeah. But it's also, I think, helpful to write it down because yeah. then it is like, then you can come back and make changes to it. You can yep. have those and conversations you, and again. You can, you, when, you, when you think one thing and somebody remembers another thing, you can refer back to it and be like, oh, that is what we agreed on. Yeah. 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 And that's not to say that it's supposed to be litigious litigious right litigious well thank you it becomes a lot less about like (laughs) debating whether this is how we're supposed to do it and more about hey i'd like to propose a change because this Mm -hmm. is you know and it became more of a discussion and never an argument right you know if if there was disagreements it was always structured that way which i I felt felt pretty healthy yeah yeah so i am going to transition us now to if you are a Patreon and have access to that recording, you should listen to that first session and that's going to probably be the most valuable because it talks, you know, it is us talking through those expectations versus things that are more specifically game design or robust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... We've been talking in this episode a lot about the content we put on Patreon um, over the last several weeks. And if you're interested in listening to that content or some of the other things we've done and put up on Patreon, um, you can become a patron of the show. And that's really helpful to us because the show costs money. For example, one of the things we have spent some of this Patreon money on is getting our playtesters tabletop simulator 
Most of our friends, I think, who are in our playtesting group already have it. Not everybody. And we want to make sure that we're getting a variety of people in through the game. Um, and then that that feedback gets reflected into the episodes that we put up there, the recordings that we put up there on Patreon. So that's an example of how we've been using the Patreon um, donations. And it's really helpful for us as game developers, but then it's also, I think, really helpful for listeners because that quality gets fed back into the show, the content, and you get to listen to it with your ears. So donate any amount, become a patron, pay- shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon, uh, Patreon, mm, become what, a patron of, of the show. Words. One of those words. <laughs> a patron of the show yes. via Patreon, or at least check it out. Um, yeah. Put it on your wish list, maybe. Patreon.com slash nice games. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So we talked a lot about how we made the game. Let's talk a little bit about this game. Right, yeah. It is a game that exists that we... (laughs) Okay. The, well, the first thing I want to ask everybody is what what do you like about this game? How would you if someone says, hey, why should I play this game? How would you you don't need to sell every feature, but what about the yeah. game appeals to you that you think might appeal to someone you're talking to? 
Uh, oh, okay. That that's a very good question. Okay. Um, can I? I oh, oh, I was gonna say. Do. I was gonna start. It's a cooperative game where you can win as an individual, and it's not one of. And it's a social deduction game kind of but you don't have to lie or it's not just all meta lies like you know yeah. kind of mafia or werewolf or any of those kind of things are yeah that i mean that that's honestly one of the aspects of um, robust and that i really like a lot is that like you you don't have to lie about anything um you can kind of say whatever you want or you can lie to your benefit or detriment frankly yeah. um um which is uh which is pretty cool. Yeah. My like one, like, I think what I really like about this game is the, um, the, the possibility to be cutthroat, but not also, but it uh, also it not mattering, but it's still mattering. <laughs> yeah. And that's a weird way of describing that, but it's like, because the, the way we've built the game is that like you get, uh, you know, the better you are at the game, the higher your chances of winning, 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 quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But like, your your the way you determine victory, I guess, is a little bit. Um, it's based on you as a player, um, and I think that aspect of it is pretty cool, uh, because like as you're playing the game, you'll uh, you know you 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 each 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 player. I mean, we haven't like we've we've described the game, I guess, a few times, and, and it happened in the you know when we did our uh, nice plays, but like we haven't described. The, the game itself should yeah. we do that uh, i'm not, was about to like i'm talk not about i'm stuff. not asking for that i'm saying how would you get yeah, someone what would you what would you do to get someone to check it out okay and they don't know a thing about it just like many of our listeners may not mark you want to yeah. answer your own question <laughs> yeah i will I, yeah i'll put my money where my mouth is um or my mouth where my <laughs> earlier mouth was um <laughs> well dale you hit on it which is that it, it in, it's a game that has like a social interaction but it's not like a game like Werewolf, where it is entirely dependent on whether you're into that type of game. It is, it, well, I think what we've done, and I'm very proud of us for this, and it was something we set out to do. So, uh, so I think we succeeded, which is we made a game that where all of that stuff is expressed through the mechanics of play and not through who's the best at having a poker face, right? Or who is most comfortable lying to their friends for fun, you know? Um, cause I think that's really what impacts the enjoyment. Of a lot of these types of games is whether you are, whether you like that sort of, that sort of, um, uh, having a secret for five minutes, like that, you know, if that's some, uh, an attractive, that feels good. Or if you like, um, tricking your friends and, and, you know, or like dunking on them in basketball, like th those are all valid gameplay experiences, but they also shut out people who are interested interest in that sort of thing. But the, those types of games should be available to people who are not into some of those the types of things that I know both Steven, you and I, uh, just to name two of us, don't like about those types of games that where, where it sort of demands that you lie. And that is like that. Not that you feel like you're like violating the actual trust of your friends. It's just not fun. Yeah. Right. It, for some types yeah. of people. And so mm -hmm. this game mechanically motivates you to engage in that kind of like social interaction. And so if you are personally not emotionally motivated to do those things, you don't have to be. Because the rules allow you to. And, mm -hmm. and, and the, for the people who are really into it, they are not advantaged in this game. Um, the, it, you know, they may take to it a little quicker. They may understand the strategy a little bit faster. Um, you know, but they are, they're not going to be dominant in this game because of that. 
And and at the same time, that sh- I'd like to think, and I think we've seen this for the folks, your brother included, who really like being a, you know a little bit sneaky, and they get a, yeah. get a kick out of holding their cards, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Like it doesn't ruin the experience that that doesn't mm-hmm. make you dominant. So I, I'm really pleased with what we've been able to do with the the the, the social interaction, that sort of uh, expressing it as in mechanics, and how it ties into the theme we were going for, which is this idea of like you need to work together but you're not always motivated to work together. And how do we yeah. express that with mechanics? I think we've done a really, really good job with that. I'm like extremely proud of, of like that because I, I think it's unique to games. I don't think I've seen it in a lot of others. I think that's a, it's probably not that I know a ton about board games or what else is out there that has tried something like this. Um, it, but it also doesn't feel like it's a big, like it doesn't feel that an alien experience. I think people sort of understand how it uses a lot of the traditional language of board games. It's not, a totally new thing but i think we've done it in a new way and i'm really really pleased with that yeah well, you have yeah anything to add i do um i think that the i think you uh steven and mark you both hit on a lot of the things that i really like about the game and in its current form and also where it started from i think the tension and interplay between the individual players goals and the individual's goals as a member of a team mm-hmm. is really really interesting um and it's not like the fact that it's not you have to have your team win if you're going to win and then there are other strategies around that which we explored yesterday during our playtesting session yeah um it's it's really interesting and the way that the social dynamics i think can interact with the gameplay um there's a huge amount of variability unlike something like coup where like you gotta lie <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. you know like you have their deception is part of it it's built in it's baked in and you have to if you're going to play the game as written um there's a lot more flexibility in the game that is currently named Roboston. Um, and I think that's that's really interesting because the reason that I like to play games with people is because I'm playing games with people and the yeah. people are the really interesting part. Like gameplay is interesting to me because of how it makes people behave. That's fundamental for how I like what makes games interesting to me, whether I'm a player um, or a designer. And the things we were observing with playtesting in the last few playtest sessions that I was able to attend were just like exactly what I was hoping for, totally off the wall and unexpected and you know exactly what I wanted from the game as uh, part of the design team, but also what I'm looking for in a group game as a player. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, I, there's a lot, I think there's more that I'd want to do with it. Um, we'll talk about that more in the the future, <laughs> what happens <laughs> next uh, part of this discussion. But um I'm super pumped about where it's ended up because it's a cool experience. And um, people said it was fun. Like, yeah, yeah. like (laughs) that is the best feedback you could have because that is what I worry about is, you know, people, you know, like if it's not fun, nobody's going to want to play it. Yeah. And you'll get play. The thing about play testers that when you've play tested enough games is that play testers, they want to do they want to do well. They want to they want to be useful to you. And so a lot of times you will, you will see, you'll, you'll see false positives, right? You'll see people telling you they enjoyed it and telling you what they like because they like you and they want the game to do well and they know it's not finished and they, and, 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 and that, and you have to filter that through the lens of like, oh, I, I need to understand the emotional place that this human person is in so I can hear what they're actually saying and not what they're literally saying. And so that's that's a difficult skill when you're observing a playtester. And but what's nice is that we've just been able to like 
watch people enjoy themselves in a way that is unmistakable. Um, when you see that, when you see somebody try some interesting thing, especially Steven, when we were using the game master review and can see whatever is in everyone's hands and you can, and you can <laughs> see, so you can see someone engage with a mechanic in a way where they're, yeah. they're, they're trying to, they're trying to convince the other team members that they're doing something, but you see they're doing something else and mm-hmm. they're helping out the team, but not as much as they could. And yet they're, <laughs> they're, they're presenting themselves as, as a selfless uh, teammate and you know, and they're not. And they're they're torn between those different motivations. You can see them engage with it, and you can see the twinkle in their eye <laughs> when they do it. <laughs> and then I, they don't need to tell me how they felt. I can see it, and so that's mm-hmm. been really cool. Yeah, really validating, especially because there's lots of fiddly bits. People have really great feedback on like why this might not work or what's wrong about this piece. And we would go, you know, we would Stephen when you and I would talk during these sessions, and earlier when all three or all four of us were discussing, we would fret over like this. The problem how do we solve this problem and then we realize it's not yeah. that big a problem and no. and, and that that shows how like things. yeah exactly right <laughs> and so i've i've as through the process i've gotten way more comfortable being like you know there are some of these things that like oh if we try to change this it's going to make this other problem bigger but that problem may be okay but but we really have to solve this i'm like you know what we could actually some of this some of the little pieces can remain imperfect because you think a lot of a lot of the seventy dollar board games you buy, and as game designers, the first time you play it, you evaluate the rules. You don't just play the game. And I think it's different yeah. from video games. So with, with board games, you cannot help but like, what if it was this way instead? You know, um, <laughs> and it, every fancy board game that got a major Kickstarter or went through a publisher and had thousands of playtesters, by the time it gets to you, you have ideas for how to make it better. So like, mm-hmm. I I think, but it, it's I've I've let go a little bit of the. I'm like, well, you know what? There's going to be things that aren't perfect, and there's going to be players who will who will le- who will recognize it right away. But that's not going to impact their enjoyment um, as much as I maybe thought earlier in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, board games are weird. <laughs> 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 like they're so different from video games in so many. Like, well, yeah. I mean, like when we were talking about it, when we were working on stuff, yeah, we, yeah, like you were saying, where like um, we'd be like, oh, this is a problem we should try to fix. And so we try to come up with a solution by like uh, adding in a new mechanic or something to make this thing work better or whatever. Yeah, um, replacing we a mechanic. Like, oh, but or if we, yeah. yeah, but then we'd add this mechanic in, and then it would change this thing and change this thing and change this thing and change this thing. Suddenly, the entire game is different. Yeah, it would fix um, the problem. And, but we, yeah, it would fix the problem. Cause several more. Yeah, um, or at least you wouldn't recognize the game after the after we put that. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Um, and like video games sometimes have that. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's it's not, and it, it maybe maybe I'm underselling it a bit because like it, oftentimes when you add in a mechanic to a video game, it can drastically change the game. Yeah. Um. But because of the way how video games work, like you can add in a mechanic for just this section of the game and then leave it alone. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. With whereas yeah. with a board game, you know, if this if this thing exists, it exists for the whole game, mm-hmm. or at least that phase of the game, and it. it like I guess like the 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 play the flow of the game is different from a video game in a way that is very fascinating and i don't well it's um a a board board game is like a i mean to use a board game it's a jenga tower (laughs) right like any change you make whereas a video game is like a is like a sandcastle like you you could knock it down (laughs) but like there's it's sorry what ellen do you really like jenga ellen (laughs) no i'm just like that's so meta oh (laughs) 
I stopped making words with my mouth because nothing that I was saying was actually valuable. And then I ended up interrupting this flow of conversation with my face. But I think that, you know, every little change you make being having a big impact of the game, that's true in board games, video games. But you hit on it, Stephen, which is that when you make a change in a board game, it has far wider reaching consequences because a user, a player cannot hold like they have a an idea of what reality is and then a rule set it, they need to keep it all in their like short-term memory in their ram right mm-hmm. and yeah. but when you make a, exceptions which you can do in video games and you can hide them behind code they don't have to appear to the player it can still have an right. elegant presentation and the player's understanding of how the world works can be invented it can be fictional whereas in board games it has to be exacting and and so you you have less of that flexibility and and that's not uh that's not good or bad it's just different in a way that is really really interesting when it comes down to like what do we call this thing like what what name do we give it not how it works but what name do we give it that's going to change how it feels to people and how they understand it in relation to other things there's a there's a, a element of 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 poetry to it you know in a way that in video games you have a lot more freedom to impose the the it on a player because you're you're and they don't need to hold it in their head they don't need to do it themselves um yeah. and it's not just about making sure that they put the pieces in the right place or whatever that's a that's a complexity that's difficult for board games it's really just about the the it's like the the sense of play like if they do this thing after this thing it has to not only work according to the rules it has to make sense it has to be intuitive to the player based on the the what you've the world you've given them to play with right mm-hmm. yep yep so I think now is a great time to actually explain how the game what the game is and how yeah. it works and I was going to take a stab at it unless somebody else wants to. That's a good exercise, like to have a, 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 a elevator pitch for the game. Okay. Yeah. So, Roboston is a game where you live in the city of Roboston or Boston. We're not. Sh- we're okay. not. We're there's off, no we're off the rails already. <laughs> um, and you are a robot building enthusiast and you work with a team of, of robot builders to build robots to solve the city's problems. Mm-hmm. So the first phase of the game, you get what problem you're working on. Um, so sometimes it's you have to defeat an evil robot. Sometimes it's something like you have to uh, infiltrate some some sentient uh, automatic driving cars. You know, whatever. <laughs> and so Could for each <laughs> for each scenario, there are different requirements for the robot because it's a purpose built robot. Um, and then based on those, you get some secret roles. And those secret roles might be things like you want to collect the most joint cards in your hand, or you might want to be the person who adds the most limbs or accessories to the robot. Um, and so those are secret, except for a project leader who is who has a little bit extra um, role in the game of deciding when to launch the robot and kind of corralling people into building a robot that's uh, for its purpose rather than for their individual purposes. So then you go on to the build phase where you build the robot. You get cards in your hand and they each have one of three different types. Um, There are processing or I call them CPU cards, power cards or electricity cards, and plating or shielding cards. And so you add them slowly over the rope 
to the robot one player at a turn or one one player adds one at a t- at a time there's also peripheral cards which kind of do special things and joint cards which looks like look like gears with which you can add limbs and when you add a limb you have to pay for that limb because that limb takes power processing to run and so that will take away from your overall score of your your robot and you'll do that by flipping over the card to to indicate that that is that is used power or used cpu um so you go around you can also exchange cards if you got a bunch of junk in your hand mm-hmm. so that's helpful and then um as you do this the leader uh the leader's clock ticks down and they their goal is to keep the project on schedule make the robot complete its task effectively and then do it as quickly as possible and so they get challenge dice which are their individual winning dice um based on the number of turns that they have that the team has left everybody else gets challenge dice based on the number of gears in your hand or whatever your secret role is and those are um those are specific to the the situation then you uh then the the project leader decides at the beginning of the turn if it's time to launch the robot which means that other people have to stop building or building their hands um and then there is a a a randomization process for if the robot can complete its task and so based on the number of cpu or based on the number of power um you roll dice to determine did the robot succeed at what we wanted it to do and that i think that's really um representative of kind of real life you may build what you think is you know a well i want to be like a robot or like a document or whatever you have in your real life that you think is going to do that you could build a a, a loft bed that you think is going to hold your kid <laughs> but until going? you try it out you don't okay. know yeah right yep 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 or That's true. you know like you don't know that your kid's going to jump on it with another with their friend yeah. you know so, so you better better overbuild it a little bit um so or you don't know what you know you don't know what specs the evil robot has you just know it's an evil robot and you can estimate or yeah, you, you know, set you set it up for victory you yep, you, you, set, you you try to set yourself up for victory then you find out if you're victorious if you're victorious then the whole team wins and then you name who's the mvp and that's based on your personal challenge dice so if i was the leader and i had three turns left when i left launch the robot which was totally successful i would have three challenge dice to write to roll and this is also kind of you know randomized because some roles are like a lot can be easier than other roles um and to be named mvp or the like individual winner winner of the game is kind of kind of random like who gets the credit for the project sometimes it's the project leader sometimes it's you know the guy who did some some little thing and so Mm -hmm. that's kind of what it represents and so it's not it's not clear who's gonna win even when you know whom how many dice people have or what roll cards they had yeah there can be upsets the game isn't Mm -hmm. it it rewards uh uh excellent play but it only it all that does is give you a higher chance of winning and Mm -hmm. so it kind of takes the um it it takes the importance of winning away from players a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which is 
I think by design, and I, I think when we, every done playtest, people have different opinions on whether they like that or not. Um, but it's important yeah. because a lot of games, one of the problems with a lot of games, especially games that have a lot of numbers in them, is that you kind of can see who's going to win four turns before it's over, and then you still got 15 minutes to go. And we wanted to not have that. We wanted to let people not worry about that part and enjoy the rest of the game. Um, and then, you know, still, you know, if you still played the best, you still have the best chance of winning. But it doesn't mean you're going to win. Mm -hmm. so there's yeah. a, a lot of comparisons to the rubber banding effect of mario kart which some people who are good at mario kart hate because they love winning <laughs> and they lo <laughs> dale's looking at me right now and and like they practiced at it <laughs> but for people who are terrible at mario kart and that friendly cloud guy is always fishing him out of the ditch like That's it's me. it's so much better because like it isn't fun to be crushed. Or you're just a bad driver like me. <laughs> One of the problems with party games is that party games are usually strategically uh, light because, because they, re they reward engagement rather than uh, strategy. Um, so, and that's great. That's totally fine. But I think one of the problems is, is sometimes you want a game where you can engage in high level strategy, where you can, yeah. you, where you can have where the mechanics are more interesting, where it's not just a distraction right? Like a lot of party games can be. Um, and so, but at the same time, once you do that, you start immediately advantaging the person who's played the most often, or you immediately advantage someone who's just more natural at that thing. And it becomes less of an enjoyable activity. And so it's, that's a real balance problem for games and board games in particular is how do you like, how do you make it, how do you bring a new person to the table in a way that it's fun for them, whether they win or lose, and they don't feel swamped from like the rule set or the experience of other players um, without making it so that the third to fifth time you play it, you kind of can see through it and you, you're no longer having any fun because all you're just doing is rolling die and, and spinning spinners and playing cards until the game is over. Um, and so I think we tried to find a middle ground and I think a lot of people have tried that. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like the problem in board games, I think. Um, although maybe some people don't, maybe the people just prefer one or the other, but to me, that feels like the problem in board games. I think we did a pretty good job with it. I, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good job us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> was Dale's description feel like a pretty good, like if you heard that you kind of would know not entirely the rules, but you would know everything about this game more or less. Yeah. Yeah. I was going like, to say it yeah, felt really long when I was <laughs> saying it. So, well, that's what, that if we were to put that on the back of the box, we'd yeah. probably want to edit it down a bit. But yeah, that, yeah that was like the yeah. rules. That was essentially what it was. Yeah, because yeah, you can, you kind of, it's difficult when you describe a game to someone because you want to give the high level picture, but you also want to be like, yes, but to understand that, you need to know exactly how this works because it's, because you know they will be rewarded with that knowledge. So it's kind of, it can mm -hmm. be kind of difficult. Um, yeah. So that yeah. feels like the intro paragraph on the instructions. Yeah. And then a pared down version of it is on the box that says, play cooperatively and competitively with your friends. Build a robot to solve a problem. Uh, I, I do have a, a, a paragraph that's in the current rule set that, that I've been uh, tweaking a little bit for where we want this game to go next, which we can get to. But I'll, I'll read this description, um, which is robot. A Roboston is a game of cooperation and, and competition where three to six players work together to build a robot, which will be sent to complete one of many possible objectives such as fighting another robot, rescuing a cat from a tree, or playing in a chess tournament. Meanwhile, each player has a hidden role with its own objective that doesn't always align with the interests of the team. With a light rule set and short turns, players must think strategically, make frequent risk assessments, and communicate openly while employing diplomacy 
to ensure success for both the robot and themselves. Yeah, that, I think that nails good. it. The, I think the, the thing we talk, and I talk about this a lot with, um, with clients that I work with is it trying to describe interactivity is yeah. a doomed mission because <laughs> the best way, the best way to express interactivity is the interaction itself. Right. So the best way to, to really get someone to grok a game is to have them play the game, mm -hmm. um, whether that's a video game or a board game. Yeah. Um, so really any text that's not the rules is just supposed to be a stepping stone on getting the potential player to read the rules yeah. and play the game. So it basically almost every text that we write about Roboston that isn't the rules is a form of marketing. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or salesmanship. Mm -hmm. And that can make it kind of tough because like you want people to understand what the game is about, but they really won't until they have actually played it. Yeah. So yeah. it's always yeah. a tough thing about trying to, to describe it or like coming up with the elevator pitch to the game or the box text or anything like that. It's like. Mm -hmm. Yep. And know? that's kind of the reason why so many games, when you play them with the friends for the first time, you're like, OK, we're doing a practice round. This one doesn't mm -hmm. count. And then we'll go back yeah. and. Because you don't, you don't get it until you you do it, and there are like many interactive parts, and it's mm -hmm. something you have to calculate in your brain rather than you know your video game machine doing it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, and you also, and yeah. this is true in video games too, where you have to know when to leave out the most interesting bit because that's not the hook, right? Yeah. Yep. Like the like in Widget Satchel, we uh, you know we the wait mechanic is the main mechanic of that game in terms of how you play it moment to moment, but it is not the hook of that game. And so it's mentioned nowhere in the first paragraph of any, descript any description or sales copy for a widget satchel. Um, mm -hmm. And I think board games are the similar, but because they're so specific in how you play them, it had, there's, there's different things you add in or leave out. You know, Like sometimes you do want to say, like if it's a 4X game, you want to tell people that because there's expectations attached, then they understand what you mean when you say the other things. Like it's, you know, um, and and... and you use that language a little bit, uh, which is why in, in description I have it, it's like a light rule set in short turns because that's board game language. People understand, oh, I know roughly without ending any of the details how this game will feel. And now the all the other descriptions you're having for it, I can filter it through that. Um, but you don't want to get too in the weeds because then it just becomes the rules, you know, mm -hmm. and not even the complete rule set. And it becomes like you're missing it's Swiss cheese, you know? Yeah. Okay. Right. So. In the transition from the last time we podcasted about, you podcasted about Roboston, yeah. the game has yeah. changed a lot specifically in the way you add parts to the robot because yeah. it has gone from add a full limb to add, you know, a component. The original version of Roboston, it was three players and they each had two turns. <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I mean, and that was due to the limitations we had set for ourselves because we were making it in and out. Yeah, um, game jam rules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one of the things that I do miss about that original version is there used to be like a ton of funny flavor text on like things like it all was the parts like were named. Yeah. Here, here's glass armor. Why would anybody make this? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> Here, yeah. You know, here, here's the like big shiny arm yeah. here's the this thing and and so that's one of the things that i missed in the in the transition to its current form is there anything that you wish you know we could have brought with us but didn't work out mechanically that's a good question i'm, I'm gonna back up from that question a little bit because 
I wonder if whether I answer that question, I think depends on where we want to go with the game. Mm. Do we want to keep working on it? And we haven't had that conversation yet. Um, so I just want to hang that out there and <laughs> potentially bring the podcast to a screeching halt. But uh-huh. that's kind of how I, that's my initial reaction to that question. It's like, well, I could answer that, but I kind of like, that seems like the kind of thing I'd want to answer during a working session. Right. <laughs> so I'm not sure. Well, I don't think Dale is asking what, 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 should we talk about bringing back, but more about like those little pieces that we liked at the time that are gone now. And we, and Oh, we miss them, but they're gone now, you know? Yeah. Or something that you really liked that got added. Like somebody might say, I really like negative cards. (laughs) I just really love Dale's scenarios. (laughs) Yeah. That see, that's, that's a thing that that replaced a lot of the, because Ellen made a lot of the names for the parts in the jam version. And it was sure. Ellen's quirky creativity. And then um, we lost a lot of that because we genericized a lot of the structure of the robot. But in the roles and the objectives, the objectives in particular, that 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 personality came back. And more so, I should say. And a lot of that is is Dale coming up with these interesting scenarios. What would you build a robot for? Um, I know that I was very worried and didn't love that the game was about building a giant robot and we, and our scenarios was always like, then it goes to fight a war or something. Like it felt like, Mm. I don't, I felt like Pacific Rim and like, that's fine and cute and fun. But I really was like, oh, I don't know if I love the idea that thematically this is like a military project, (laughs) like even if it's to do something not. And so, um, but I was, I was happy to go in that direction because there was enough charm and, 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 and even satire possibilities. But then Dale came up with like a rescue a cat from a tree or or <laughs> I- infiltrate a car park of a t- autonomous vehicles who have gone rogue. Like, yeah. you know, uh, like those kinds of it's like, oh, yeah, of course. And then that led into a lot of the theming of the game, which is like, this is like, why would these people build a robot? It's because they build robots to solve all their problems. And so that becomes like a, a sort of a that's the world we live in. And so that can influence the language we use. Yeah. And, Why uh, would you call the fire department to get a cat on a tree when you could just build a robot? Build a whole robot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should we should have a scenario that's like robot do our taxes for yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm really trying to get my robot, which would be Mark there to do our taxes. And Bill's robot, yeah. I do need to do our taxes. Jeez. Anyway. <laughs> I don't. We don't get the three month. We don't get like the two or three month extension this year, like we did last year. No, we don't. I was. I was a little banking on that. Okay, (laughs) better look at my taxes then. Yeah. Uh, March tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh my word! Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but like I, yeah, I miss the. I do kind of miss the um, the names we had for the parts, though. Yeah. I mean, we could like. Uh, we we name the way that the parts are named right now. It's like arm A or arm B and stuff. And I think that's purely for a mechanical benefit. Like we could name it arm A and then like have it like for flavor text, maybe in the rule book or on the yeah the part itself. Like yeah, be like um, the weak this is arm. the sassy arm or something. Well, also, I, I mean, I, I you know I made the art yeah. in the game version of the game now, and the different arms have different slot arrangements that you can place components into, and that's what differentiates right. them. Then the art underneath it is the is the actual physical arm of the robot i only ever made one of those <laughs> like oh, so that would be a yeah. case where arm a which has all of uh, more slots could be a little beefier and it could be themed in a certain way and we could give it a name whereas arm d yeah. which is the sort of like cheapest to purchase and has the fewest expansion slots could be basically just a you know a couple of wires like 
you know, we could do that. And then that would then allow us to, it would make more sense than to give it names. And those names mm. can then describe what, how they're, they're illustrated. Um, yeah. But the game doesn't currently allow for that because that was out of, way out of scope. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the one with more plating slots could be like the shielded arm. Yeah. Yeah, to bring a little bit more of the theming in, into the experience. But I think that was something where we decided that's interesting, but that takes more time than would be productive for us to use over the break. So I think we found right. a good balance. Um, and uh, I know as, the, as I was making the art, there was definitely time I wasted that I didn't need to spend to, to, on some of the polish of the, the appearance of the thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's definitely room for that to grow further into a, a direction that gets some of those things that we had in the initial uh, concept of the game. Okay, so yeah. what's next for Robostin? Yeah, let's round out this episode with a the, a little bit of that discussion that Ellen is proposing we have. Yeah, do I mean that's the question? Is like, mm-hmm. like, well, even yesterday when we were playtesting the game a little bit, we were like, we're not working on this game anymore. We don't need to add any more stuff to it. <laughs> yeah, but we couldn't yeah, we help just... ourselves. We were like, we should do this. We should do this. Yeah, so, we only had to say that like ten times. Yeah, we? yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We and we didn't listen to ourselves in one of those times. Yeah. Um, like so. So I, I'll talk from my own perspective. I, I am interested in working on it, but I don't. I mean, maybe certainly not in the structure that we did. Yeah. You know, uh, over the over the hiatus, it made sense then, but it wouldn't make sense now. Um, and I would be interested in like improving things or adding features and playtesting and every once in a while and stuff like that. Um, but I'm also perfectly happy just like releasing the 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 um the the tabletop simulator version of the game out mm-hmm. somewhere and then that, that's it that's the the final iteration of the right game. that's the whole story um, of Austin. yeah yeah like i don't know like i'm pretty satisfied with where it is now it's not balanced and i guess like if i were ever gonna like work on it that would be the the the, the, the first thing i would want to like you yeah. tweak or at least have a better understanding on is like the balance of the game mm-hmm. um but i i mean yeah i think things in there are, are pretty cool i think that like um it the what we have now is perfectly worthy of um the of final version if we wanted if we wanted yeah, to do that yeah. um and yeah the, but the, i guess like mm, i was gonna say the, the benefit of that also is that we don't have to do anything anymore like it's not just normal yeah. working on it but like uh pitching it promoting it selling it like uh that solution of just putting it out has the advantage of it being really an easy way to get it into people's hands. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, maybe I'm talking about it from my perspective because like I've, I've had, I've got some projects that we wanted to, you know, make bigger than maybe they um, needed to be and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, and so I, I like, I, I would be worried that like we work on it to a point where like, we don't want to work on it anymore, but we, 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 yeah. we, promise to ourselves that we wanted we wanted to do more with this game and so it's kind of in like a stasis point um and i don't i don't know that we're in any any danger of doing that or anything Mm -hmm. especially not now but um i don't know i've i've been thinking more and more about how like i'm less interested in like selling a game and more interested in just having a game that i made available for people to play yeah um yeah so i I guess that's where i'm at Mm -hmm. um Though I am really interested in the process of actually pitching to a, a publisher, like I said, yeah. that would be kind of interesting. It'd be interesting to go through that process and like have a better understanding of that because that's I I haven't had to pitch a project to a publisher before. I've had to pitch projects to like my uh, 
to my company and say like, you know, I had to do that with Rhythm Rumble. Like I had to make a proof of concept, um, and show them a design document and things. Um, but like with board games, I know that it's different. And I imagine that, um, it would also be different from a, just from a publishing standpoint outside of like, you know, the place where I work. Yeah. Um, I think that would be kind of cool to go through that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I was thinking the same thing. I'll, I'll jump in next. I think that's who Dale's pointing to me. Maybe <laughs> my screen. No, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'd like to do more. I honestly, I'd like to do more work on the design and where it, where it ends up in terms of like sharing it out to the public. I definitely want to have it out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what form that takes. Whether it's just tabletop, whether it's a tabletop simulator um, mod, or like if we do want to practice pitching to a publisher, we take it there and we see where it goes. Um, but there's like I, there's a little more, and maybe this is just me. Because I took some weeks off, so I haven't yeah. had as much time to to put my hands on the game, and um, I'm maybe not like as burnt out on it. Perhaps you don't you weren't <laughs> you weren't there for the six hours. Stephen and I added three new systems, and then at the end deleted them, and we're just happy with how yeah. we, where we started. <laughs> oh my goodness, we did do that. Uh. <laughs> it, I mean, it was good. It was really productive in the sense that we learned like what was good about it. But we yeah. we had a whole big change, and we talked it out. And then at the yep. end, we were just like, this introduces too many problems. Let's, what would it be if we didn't do any of that? And then we like, like, it would be, it would solve all the problems we just created for ourselves. So <laughs> that, 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 that made, became the solution. I feel like I took yep. an nap that day. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, you, you did. Seems like you a good did. choice. Meanwhile, it was a good choice. <laughs> meanwhile, Ellen's looking at the, uh, one of those systems and is like, I've got three ideas for this. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, doesn't know the dangerous path. <laughs> honestly i don't i think it's i don't there isn't much i, I want to change i just want to and this is the instructional designer in me i want to write the rules oh <laughs> yeah okay rules. okay um uh, but i do want to work on it a little bit more and so that's kind of that's where i am on it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i don't know what format takes that's just where where the heart is in the moment yeah okay so mark did you want to talk about potentially pitching to publishers yeah so i mean this is the same thing i went through with on widget satchel which is like I got a lot of value out of like not just the game working on it, but actually getting out in the world, learning about that process. And, and because I'm a freelancer and because I publish my own works, like that is a thing I need to do. I need to know that stuff. And so if I ever want to commercially release a board game, like, I mean, I could, I could be hired somewhere, I guess, but like, that's just never been my mode. And so it's, it's more of a necessity for me. Like, and so, so I think about, especially where Roboston is like, Oh my word, I have played a lot of games that are not as well thought out as our unbalanced version of Roboston. It, it, it feels to me like it would be, and this is obviously we're close to it. So there's a lot of that, you know, personal bias and, and personal interest tied up in it. But I feel I would be very disappointed if, if in a year from now, we, we were still talking about like, yeah, maybe we'll do something more with that. Um, and I, I personally, I don't think putting it out like on tabletop simulator is like a free mod, certainly as is. Um, I don't think that would satisfy me. I mean, I would be happy of that. Um, I, I'd be, I, I would be okay with that, I suppose. But I don't know that we satisfy me. That said, I am not ready to work on this again next week. Um, yeah. I think, I, I think part yeah. of part of what has been satisfying from this is that is that the structure that we made it really worked very well. So I've been like brainstorming in my head, like, well, we could some random time we could do a play test. We can get a couple people to play test it. And then the next day we get together for four hours 
and, 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 do, and do some work where we mostly change nothing, but tweak whatever. I feel like that might be a good working structure is that every now and again, we, we, we get together for a play test and then have a short session afterwards. We don't have to record those ones. Although maybe. Um, and that I feel would be a good way to keep it from consuming our lives, um, but also give us some time to work on a little bit more when we, when, when the opportunity makes sense to like, when we do a play test, that's when we would get the most feedback that we can react to. Um, and, and that can happen in irregular intervals. So it could happen three times in a month or not any for four months. Like, I think that that's my idea for that in terms of like getting it out there. It is, it is definitely in a place now where we could, we, yeah, we could have meetings, we could pitch it. We can demonstrate it. Um, you know, there's virtual trade event, trade show events now. Um, so we'll be, we'll be learning this, this industry at a time that it's different from what, how it's ever been. Um, yeah. And so it'll be an interesting process for us. But I'm really invested in doing that. And that's on the schedule of those things, like when those opportunities come up. Um, so, and I kind of expect, about halfway through we were designing it, I was like, oh yeah, if, if this is in a place where we like it, where it's not that it needs three more weeks of work, then I'm definitely going to start making plans to start getting out, you know, showing it to people. Um, but I want to make, you know, I don't want to make, I want to make sure that we're all cool with that. Like we don't, I don't want to get ahead of yeah. the team on it, you know? Well, I, I mean, and I, I was saying that like, I'd be, it would be cool with us releasing it now, but like I said, I yeah. also am interested in the, in the, um, the publishing process. Right. And you don't, I'm interested. You in don't like need it but, the way that I'm starting to feel that I think this game, yeah. I need this for this experience to feel, be fulfilling for me. You just don't need that. Right. Yeah. And it's weird. I I mean, I guess this is a separate discussion, but like, I felt like that for, I, I've had conversations with my brother about like this kind of thing yeah. where I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of wish I could just like make projects and then put them out there and then people can access them, but it's yeah. not like a big thing. Yeah. Um, Cause I think I get burnt out on big things pretty quick. Yeah. Um, unless I get paid to do it. That's why I'm still working on rhythm. <laughs> rumble. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so patreon.com slash nice games club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep me a roof over my head. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I, again, I'm not, I would like to work on this game. I agree with you, Mark, that I don't want to work on this next week, but um, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a month or two from now, yeah. we come back to it um, and do like that. I, I let, what you were proposing, like we like have a play testing session, we play it for a bit yeah. and then, um, work on it for four hours the next day. That would be kind of cool. I also feel that it's not just that it's, again, this is going to just influence by the whatever biases I bring to it. But mm -hmm. other than balance and like adding a couple more scenarios, play testing to make sure they work, tweaking some numbers and maybe yeah. one or two swoop in to save the day rule changes, uh, you know, mm -hmm. that fix all our problems. Like I don't, I don't, I cannot imagine this game, this game isn't missing anything. And so I, I, I feel really lucky about that. If it, if it did feel like it wasn't complete, like, it, like before we had made the change about the hero role, where like the heroic sacrifice round had no value at all, nobody cared, that was a problem. We fixed that. But if we, hadn't fi if we weren't in a place now where that was fixed, the game would still feel pretty good in a lot of ways. And I would still feel pretty comfortable pitching it as a prototype. But I would also be itching to, to finish that up. I'm not itching to do that. I think it does need yeah. a little bit more work in the sense that um, there's just some little itty bits that can be adjusted or tweaked or changed. But I am, and obviously if it were to say be sold to a publisher, there would be a lot of development work to polish it up, not just materials and, and, and assets, but actual, you know, that balance work would be, I would love to do a lot of that work after we have a plan for it um, mm -hmm. in, in a way. That would be great. 
Um, and so that's what excites me about working on it is that like all the hard work we did, like we have none of that left as far as I'm concerned, like other than making sure that Ellen gets an opportunity to find things we missed. Um, and, and to like, and to run some more play tests to find, you know, catch things that we never saw. Um, I feel, I feel that the game is in such a good place. And that's why I feel it would be a tragedy if we didn't move forward with it. Whereas if it was not all the way there, I could could comfort myself with like, well, it's not quite finished. Uh, You know, you don't, you don't want to sell half, half a project. Um, and at the same time, that means, you know, if we don't, if we're not good at navigating this industry, then polishing it up in, in tabletop simulator to where there's a lot of automated problems. It's the world we know, software development, mm-hmm. like if, it, to make it a fully more automated video game experience and then selling it via tabletop simulator ourselves. That would be a perfectly OK thing for me, for us, too. But I think we would, I would want to put some time into some Lua scripting uh, in tabletop simulator before getting to that point. Um, yeah. I mean. We don't, we're, we're not supposed to, I think we want to sit with it for a while, right? We're not going to decide on this, yeah. in this conversation, exactly what we want to do with it. But it's good right. to check in and hear what you guys are feeling about it. And I mean, overall, like, super successful hiatus in terms of the goals we set for ourselves. And for like sure. What oh, we yeah. wanted to, to get out of it, what we wanted to learn. Yeah, a lot. I think it was, for for the thing that it's supposed to be sort of a break, we sure accomplished a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, say next year, let's just take our eight weeks and have a couple of show meetings. I'm, I'm, oh my goodness. Yes. I'm proposing I'm so it now. I'm so glad you said that. Like, <laughs> I am I mean, so glad you said that. Like, I'm just like, because, we, we can work yeah, on a yeah. project together again. We could do something else. Yeah. But like, this was yeah. very much, I mean, we record episodes every other week. So this was, uh, more, this was more work together than we, than we normally do. And yeah. Other than the yeah. fact that uh, that you know, there's still there's editing episodes, which is for Ellen and I, an extra piece of work that we've been able to not have on our plate the past ten weeks. Um, mm-hmm. It has it has been it has, more than the past hiatuses. It's felt much more like we actually didn't take a break. We just took a break from yeah. something, and I'm glad we did it that way. We used all the yeah. time we did. That was exactly yes. what needed to happen. But maybe next year we'll have lighter ambitions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I I cannot. Express how happy not because I regret any of the work we did. I think uh-huh. all of the work was valuable for from many perspectives. Yeah, I think that like I got a lot out of it. Um, and you know we 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 completed a board game that we're all very satisfied with. Um, I but just yeah, it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was supposed to be not working as much over the hiatus. I I mean I maybe I uh, I think. I don't remember who proposed the idea that we work on a boss and over the thing, but like my, my thought was like, you know, it's going to be relatively like the work. we. Did. Yeah. <laughs> I think we just, I was foolish. I didn't yeah. know what I was talking about. I don't know how I mean, board games work. Clearly. If, <laughs> if game dev were easy, we wouldn't need to have a podcast about it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's, good point. That's Roboston. And that's our show. Check out our website, nicegames.club, for show notes and links to resources on today's topic, Roboston. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and on our programming in general. Go to nicegames.club slash feedback and tell us what you think. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter at NiceGamesClub, where Dale tweets about game dev resources and very tiny paper assignments. Or you can email us, contact at nicegames.club. Want to support the show? There's so many ways. You can give us a review on your favorite podcast app. 
You can tell your friends about your favorite episodes. You can join us on Discord by visiting nicegames.club Discord. And now, as you've heard, no doubt, many times, we're on Patreon. As a patron of the show, you'll enjoy bonus content, extra jokes, and more, including every second of Robust and Development. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. Okay, guys, I'm going to go take a nap. (laughs) You've earned it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dale. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.